Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis? We have been in Genesis for several months and we're coming to the 42nd chapter of the book of Genesis and we're coming to the story of uh, Joseph and his brothers. And uh, what a tremendous story as it begins to relate to us even in our own day and time. There's a truth that's in the Bible that blesses my heart. And that is, is that when we come and we confess our sins before the Lord, that the Lord not only cleanses us, but He forgets that sin. What a tremendous truth. That should excite you, that should encourage you. For the Bible says that he had forgiven them their sins and remembers them no more. In other words, the Bible says that he takes those sins and he casts them into the deepest sea and never could wake them ever again. Uh, I remember one time hearing about a missionary, and uh, this missionary was uh, talking about that very thing, and she said, what God did, she put it, he took those sins, cast it in the uh, deepest sea, and then he put up a sign, no fishing. <laughs> I like that. You or no one else will ever bring those sins up ever again. So... What we understand, as the Scripture teaches us so quite well, is that when we are convicted of sin, then we confess that sin, we are cleansed from that sin. And through that cleansing, there is that forgetfulness. Now, on the other hand, if there is sin... And we know that there will be conviction because we understand all is convicted by our conscience or by the Holy Spirit that when we do something right or wrong. But if there is no confessing, and if there is no confessing, there is no cleansing. And if there is no cleansing, there is no unforgetfulness. And so... We need to realize that when we sin, that we need to confess it and get rid of it immediately. But you know what? Many, many times we could possibly go back into our lives and possibly begin to think there was a time, there was a situation, there was an individual that I sinned against. But I never did anything about it. I never did anything about it. And over a period of time, I just sort of have forgotten. Isn't it isn't amazing how God somehow, some way awakens our conscience or awakens our situation to the fact to confront us with that sin. That's exactly what happened with Joseph and his brothers. We're going to talk about that. Take your Bibles. 
Turn with me to the 42nd chapter of the book of Genesis. And we're going to read the first 10 verses. And I encourage you to keep your Bible open because what we're really going to do, we're going to go pretty fast today. We're going to look at chapter 42, 43, and 44. And so, put on your seatbelt. So here we go. All right? Would you stand with me in reference of reading God's precious, wonderful, infallible Word of God? Listen to what he says in verse 1 of chapter 42. When Jacob saw there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place to buy for us there, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brothers, Benjamin, with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity may befall upon him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was a governor over the land. And it was as he was sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said, Where do you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. Well, we're going to stop there, but we'll continue looking on in the 42nd chapter. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for your precious word. And I'm thankful that your word does teach us that you cleanse us from all of our sins and that you forgive us and that you forget it. And Father, we thank you for that. But Lord, there are times that no doubt individuals have allowed sin to enter into their life and they've never dealt with it. And Lord, you bring it out and expose it to all. Help us, dear Lord, to be mindful of the fact that your word is true. Fill us with your spirit, anoint us with your power, and may Christ be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, baby. Three things I want you to notice as we begin to look at this passage of Scripture. You go back to chapter 37, and I want you to notice, first of all, the concealed sin. Now, if you remember the story, and I'm sure you probably do, if you're, certainly if you're a Bible student, you remember the story that Joseph had ten of the brothers. And those brothers were out, and they were 
taking care of the land. And Joseph was sent by his father to take nourishment to them and to find and to see how they were doing. While they were out there, of course, they began to conspire against Joseph because they were jealous of Joseph. Joseph, of course, was a, a one that was known as a coat. He had a coat of many colors. And that coat of many colors kind of specialized him from the eye, or in the eyes of their father. They were jealous of Joseph. And you remember the story that uh, because of their jealousy and because of the dreams that Joseph said that he had, that as he found his brothers, they conspired to take him and place him in a pit. There they took that coat and there as they placed him in that pit, they took that coat and took uh, a wild animal's blood and put blood all over that coat. Wasn't long later that there was a, a group of Ishmaelites coming along and they sold Joseph to these Ishmaelites who were on their way to Egypt. Which, of course, Joseph ended up being sold as a slave. And their, his brothers went back and told their father that Joseph had been killed by a wild beast. Jacob, was, the Bible says, was filled with sorrow. And so you began to notice something that they committed a terrible, terrible crime. A crime that they were going to regret for years to come. Selling and pretending that Joseph was sin. Well, what happens when you try to conceal sin? I think there's a several things that will happen. As you'll notice that it will, second of all, or first of all, it will be displeasing to the Lord. The Bible says in chapter 42, verse 28, what is this that God has done to us? I think that was interesting that there is later on, 25 years later, they come to the land of Egypt. And there they're hungry and they're needing food and they're seeking corn. And they're confronted with Joseph as being the prime minister of the land of Egypt. The Bible says they were thrown in the prison. And the Bible says that they began to be pricked in their heart. I think it's interesting that the first time that their father, uh, Jacob, had told them to go to Egypt, they began to look at one another. Egypt kind of uh, sparked a nerve in their life. But see, what was so interesting about this very fact was, was that Joseph was in doubt in control over all the land. And these brothers were starting to be confronted with their sins. Amazing. 
See, when you sin, you not only sin against individuals, but most of all, you sin against the Lord. I'm reminded of David. David, of course, was a man that had an affair with Bathsheba. He sinned against her, and he sinned against his best friend, who was the husband of Bathsheba. And then when he makes his confession there in Psalms 51, he begins to say, Against you, Lord, and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So we've got to remember that when we sin, even though that it may be a sin against a brother, ultimately it's a sin against God. And this is what they were confronted that they were displeasing to the Lord. And, and now they're having to go to Egypt. And there they're having to be confronted. 25 years later. But see, it was not only displeasing to the Lord, but it was very disturbing to them in their own life. Genesis chapter 42 verse 1 says... Why do you look to one another? Jacob was talking, mentioning when he said Egypt. The word, the very name Egypt began to spark something in the life of these brothers. Our father wants us to go to Egypt. Ah, I remember what happened in Egypt. 25 years ago, we sold our brother, and our brother was transported by the Ishmaelites to Egypt. Isn't it amazing? Of how God has placed within each and every one of us a mechanism called conscience. And isn't it amazing when you get about the age of seven, eight, or nine? Maybe as young as six, that conscience begins to reveal to you what is right and what is wrong. And when you do something wrong, you know it immediately. But especially for a child of God, that the Holy Spirit of God is more than just conscience, He is that voice that lives within you, that when you do something wrong, that He brings it to your attention. And that what He does, He says you have sinned. And He makes it a very disturbing matter within our own heart and within our life. And so even the very word Egypt brought them to the attention that they had done wrong 25 years earlier. <laughs> Their conscience was awakened. And there they began to realize. An old Indian said one time, thought it was very interesting, he said, in my heart there is an arrow ahead with three points to it. And if I do wrong, the arrow ahead turns and it cuts me. That's so true, is it not? That is so true. That our conscience cuts us. 
Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You may not recognize his name, but you recognize his works. He was the writer of Sherlock Holmes. And what he would do, or he would love to play practical jokes on individuals. He wrote a telegraph to 12 of his friends. And he says, flee at once, for all has been found out. In 24 hours, all 12 had left the country. <laughs> it's amazing that if we not careful, we'll allow sin to enter into our life and we never deal with it. And then when something happens to shake us to the fact that there might be exposure, our conscience awakens. That's exactly what happened here. And so with the very mentioning of Egypt, they were awakened of what they had done 25 years earlier. Jay Somerset Monacom, the famous British novelist, said this. He's an agnostic. But he said these words, which I thought was very true. What makes old age hard to bear is the burden of one's memories. And that is so true. Is one's memories. But I want to go a step further. And I want you to notice not only the concealed sin, but I want you to notice with me the confronted sin. I want you to see how Joseph confronts his brothers. There came a day when the skeletons in their closets began to be awakened. Twenty-five years. They have hidden this sin of, of putting their brother into a pit, selling them, selling him to the slave market, or, or, or to the Ishmaelites that they would in return sell him on the slave market. And telling their dad that he was dead. A wild animal had killed him. A horrible, horrible, terrible crime. But the Bible says that a famine came into the land. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 41 verse 56, And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. See, I want you to notice something very, very interesting. That if there had never been a famine, these guys would have never gone to Egypt. Who brought about the famine? God. God allowed that famine to happen. For the, I believe, for the very means of allowing that conscience to be awakened in the hearts and the lives of these ten brothers. So they have to go now to Egypt seeking food, seeking welfare. And the Bible reminds us that uh, as they go 
There in Genesis chapter uh, 41, verse 3, it says, And the famine was severe in the land. See, the brothers have already been to Egypt once. Now the increase and the intensity of the famine was instrumental of them going back to Egypt. God knows how to rock the boat. God knows how to stir up the nest. He knows how to get our attention. There's some people may be going through a famine or they may be going through a storm and you may be asking him why. Could it possibly be that God is stirring the nest of something that you have never ever dealt with before? Something that you've never confessed Maybe a time, maybe a place, maybe a person that you'd seen. And you just sort of put it under the rug and you'd never dealt with it. Well, God's allowed that storm to happen. But look with me as you look at this passage of Scripture just for a moment of the probing of their hearts. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 42, verse 3, And Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy corn into Egypt. The hour of reckoning was now set in motion. The Bible says that as these guys showed up, Joseph knew who they were. The Bible says that as we read in chapter 42, verse 7, it says, And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spoke roughly toward them. I think it's interesting that Joseph was kind of rough to these boys. Now, I don't think it was out of spite. I think it was really out of trying to figure out if these boys have changed or not. And the Bible says that he spoke rough to them. In fact, the Bible says that they he cast them into a pit. I believe it was probably like a pit that they had put in. Have you ever noticed that what goes around comes around sometimes? Have you ever noticed that you reap what you sow? And that's exactly what's happening here. These guys are starting to reap what they had sown 25 years earlier and the Bible reminds us here that that Joseph's treatment I don't think was out of a bitter heart but I just think that he was trying to see if these guys were still jealous if they were still prideful notice what he says he says in verse 9 Joseph calls them spies and they said no we're true men and in verse 15 he says, hereby prove it. So he puts them in the prison. Chapter 42, verse 21 and 22 says, They said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother. Here they are. Here they are in the prison cell. Nobody has said anything to them about their sin 25 years Earlier, But what are they doing? They're confessing their sin right there in that prison cell or in that pit. 
He says, they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them saying, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy and you would not listen Therefore, behold, his blood is now required upon us. Amazing. <laughs> oh, Reuben was said, hey, listen, I didn't want to do it in the first place. Uh, you guys have got us in this mess. And you guys need to confess. The Bible said... They had no idea they had met Joseph. This was before they didn't realize that Joseph was the prime minister. And yet the Holy Spirit of God was working and bringing them to a point of confession. God lets us reap what we sow. And as we reap what we sow, we begin to realize that many times it's worse than what we have sown. The Bible says in verse 21, they confessed that they were guilty. The Bible says in verse 22, they realized they were re- the reaping time has come. After three days, the Bible tells us that Joseph lets them go. And as they go, he sends them back with their, with their sacks full of grain. They had paid for the grain. And then later on, Joseph sends his soldiers and there they find later on that in their grain there was their money as well. Can you imagine what they must have thought? Man, are we in trouble now? We not only have the grain, but we've got the money. And and they're going to think that we kept the money. Genesis chapter 42 verse 26 and following says, So they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed, was at the encampment, he saw his money. And there it was, in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. And then their hearts failed them, the Bible says, failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, what is this that God has done to us? When they found out that they had the gold, they thought they are going to think we stole the money. And they saw all this was nothing but the punishment of God. But I want you to see another thing here. Not only the probing of their heart, but also the proving of their hearts. They go back to Joseph, the Bible tells us. And this time the brother takes them with them, their little brother Benjamin. Joseph had dined with them, and Joseph had began to probe their heart and to begin to see whether or not they were in admittance of guilt. He takes steps to see if they were really, really sorry 
one they had done. The Bible says in Genesis 43, verse 34, it says, And bring your youngest brother to me, so I shall know that you are not spies, but that you are honest men. I will grant your brother to you, and you may pray in the land. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Joseph even gives them presents. And what's so interesting is he gives them all presents as they leave. And there with Benjamin, he gives him five more or five times more presents than he did the rest of the brothers. What was he doing? He was trying to see if they were still jealous. Jealous of other brothers. Jealous of what they were doing. And so, you see in Genesis chapter 44, verses 1 through 3, and it says that he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sack with food, as food as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also, listen to this, put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his grain money. So he did according to what Joseph had spoken. And as soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away and their donkeys. Joseph had put their money back in the sack and they were going back to their father, Jacob. And as he sends, like the police, after them again, there they discover right there that they had not only had the grain, not only had the food, but they even had the cup of Joseph. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 44 verse 18, Judas steps forward and in the next several verses you receive that he's pleading on the behalf of little Benjamin because Joseph says, I'm going to keep you, brother, and I want you to understand that because of what you have done. In Genesis chapter 44, verse 33, it says, And there is no selfishness or concern now. He offers himself instead of his brother. Ever doubted the truly the sorrow of Joseph's brothers? You see it so well. Here, as they come before Joseph, we have seen, we have done wrong. You know, one of the greatest things that a person can never do is to recognize that there is sin in a in one's life and to confess it and to get rid of it. One of the worst things you can do is not to do anything at all. I try. I've noticed. That when somebody has been mistreated and that person who mistreated that person has gotten right with God, they go back to that person and ask for forgiveness. I see that so many times. That they not only get right with God, but they go and they get right with the person. That's exactly what Joseph's brothers did. They got right with God and then they started to try to get right with their brother Joseph. So what we've done, we've looked at three, two different things here. We've looked at the concealed sin, the confronted sin, 
but also what's so wonderful is about the cleansing. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, that if I confess my sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. I don't know if you understand or if you've ever grabbed that truth. But I want you to understand that is one of the greatest truths in the Word of God. But it starts out with a two-letter word. If. If. You make the choice. You make the decision. Possibly there's husbands and wives here today that have uh, had words against each other, have never gone back and confessed and made things right. You just sort of stuck it and pushed it under the rug. Possibly there's some people here today that have bitterness in their heart over a loved one because of what has been said or what has been done and you have never dealt with it. You've just sort of slid it under the rug. There's somebody here today that possibly has said something to another brother on the job at the church and you've never dealt with it. You've never dealt with it. Well, all of what Something so beautiful here. The Bible talks about the forgiveness that was extended by Joseph. You see such a beautiful character of a holy God through the life of Joseph. The Bible says in chapter 45, verses 1 through 5, that Joseph assures them of his forgiveness rather than their Verse 15 says, we read that he kissed all of his brethren and he wept upon them. Bygones for bygones. They have been forgiven. I can just see the picture now as that prodigal son that who came back that day. Sinned against his father. But oh, do you remember what that father did? He went and he ran to that son. And the Bible says that he kissed him on the cheek. He embraced him and he put a robe upon him. A ring on his finger. In other words, what he did, he extended forgiveness. My friend, that's what Jesus does every time we come here in a setting like this, with nail-pierced hands, He extends forgiveness to you and to me. But not only does He extend forgiveness, but notice that this forgiveness were embraced. These guys accepted the forgiveness of Joseph. The Bible says in verse 15 that His brethren talked with Him. They knew that they deserved justice but they accepted and embraced the forgiveness of their brother. What a wonderful, wonderful picture of reconciliation. Their reconciliation, of coming together 
at restoring that relationship. See, in order to receive forgiveness, you've got to accept His forgiveness. And you've got to acknowledge that forgiveness. Heard about a little boy one time. He was invited to uh, go over to his friend's house for Thanksgiving dinner. His mama says, oh, if you're going to go now, I said, you've got to uh, exercise good manners. So he went to the house and came back. She was questioning. She said, now, were you nice? He said, yes, ma'am. Well, now, just exactly what did you say to that lady? He said, well, first of all, I told her that I really ate more than I thought I was going to get. <laughs> And second of all, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is with the Lord. It's a whole lot better than we ever thought it would be. And it's a whole lot more than we ever thought it would be. I don't know where you're at today, but I believe there are people under the sound of my voice who have skeletons in their car. Sins that have never, ever God's going to send a famine. God will send a storm. He will awaken that, that conscience. And through that, He will expose you. I found something so beautiful. That if I expose my sins to the Lord, guess what He will do? He will cover me. But if I cover my sins, he will expose it. You make the choice. Lord Jesus, your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, you speak volumes through experiences just like in Joseph's life and his brothers. Lord, May the Holy Spirit of God take what has been said and take the Word of God and begin to speak to our hearts. Lord, as you speak, may we respond according to your word. In Jesus' sweet name.